I have to do this podcast. Um, where do I start? You know, when you start to help somebody out and you see them growing and they find their voice and they start saying, you know, no, this is the way I want my life. It's quite nice to see that growth. But, you know, when they've only been on the uh, program for a matter of weeks or months or so, <clears throat> it's my um, research and it's my duty to research as to what goes wrong here, what is the issue here. And for me, the issue here is a partner, a newcomer, a new partner. Uh, this new partner is, um, well, put it this way, if one is not healed and the other one is not completely healed, when you put the combination together, hopefully they'll heal themselves. But in healing themselves, they've dropped the outside, the outline the, um, the outside support um, so it's then left back to that partnership so rest assured when you hear people saying oh I, I'll, I'll make sure I look after them that no harm will happen to them etc that's not as highly what you want to hear what you would like to hear is well I don't expect anything to change I'm just an added, added enhancement but what's happening here is that when somebody meets a new, and this is very common, when somebody meets a new partnership, they drop all their surrounding support, leaving the person isolated, unaided, and only to home in on that person, that new partner, them or their family. This is a classic example of, uh, for myself, it's relatable, very much for myself, it's very relatable because this is one way of, um, when you're vulnerable and you meet new people, they kind of home in on your vulnerability and um, this is how you end up in, in uh, very isolated situations, one of which you end up having no friends around because they end up isolating you playing your doctor so in actual fact that when there is a problem a future problem between the two partners there won't be anyone around because there is a point where it's very clear that the male dominance is saying i will look after them it's very clear that the male dominance is now always um sorry is also speaking on behalf of the the female so I see it as an early beginning of um, problems because at the very onset is the isolation it's already been laid down on the ground that that you know there, there's a little bit of insecurity and maybe jealousy along the line so things have to be a certain way that's already been laid down what do you say about that? Not a lot, but the person that is in the new relationship will understand and hear that. Whether it gets ignored or not thinking they can save it, I don't know. But now what's coming here is the social isolation. It is get your, get that partner where I need them, reliant upon yourself only. So, themselves, sorry, themselves only. Let's get that person where I need them. Solely in my eyes solely dependent on me.
I'll be their saviour. Well, you can't all be everybody's saviour because they still need a life outside of the life that they're building. So the fact that they're building a, a, a new life, they're shutting out any kind of influence, outside influences into this new relationship. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I think at the end of the day, when you when you um, get with a new partner and you're willing to just drop people like that, um, the way I look at it is when you are in a situation, who can you then turn to if you've dropped them all? It's a, a very tricky situation to not make an accusation because first of all, I don't want to make an accusation. What I'm trying to simply say is the research part of how somebody starts to isolate and seclude the one that they adore for their own gain. But the other person simply can't see what it is. They're blinded, infatuated with this newcomer that's spoiling them and doing everything for them. They've never had it before. Well, that's exactly how it starts. Let's find something that will entice you. So all this kindness, all the love, all the sex, all of the things that come with it so, so quickly. Because what happens here, and I say so quickly, is the dating element has been avoided. So there's no date, there's no getting to know, there's uh, no understanding before one crosses the margin and jumps into bed with them. So, now, when you cross the margin and you've dedicated to giving yourself, your private parts to an individual, then um, some people feel that that is a commitment. Um, and that's where the problem goes wrong. They make this big commitment with actually getting, without getting to know what they really need to know. So, you know, one, two, three weeks, is that really enough time to get to know someone before you start dropping all the friends around you? You see, it's a very, very common thing. Boy gets new girlfriend, girlfriend starts dropping all of her friends, hardly sees her friends, vice versa. But when boy gets new girlfriend, he goes, temporarily, yes, he'll spend some quality time. Then he goes out to play with the boys. Or you might find somebody that is willing to just settle, settle down and have the same interests as, as you as well. But I still see no need to drop the friends around you. So look at the behavior here. That's what I'd like to sort of say. Look at the behavior patterns. Every one of my relationships that I previously had in way in my past would start on my vulnerability and try to rescue me, do everything they can, but then tell me that I had to select my friends and say, you don't need them anymore. I'm good enough, I'm all you need. And that's how domestic violence starts mental abuse starts and control starts little and often but in this case it's got so big where they've decided to get into a new relationship and drop the people around them thinking they are solely fixed the thing is about disabilities and relationships that rejection can play a big part on someone's 
how they get well or how they don't get well you know rejection can do major damage to the emotions and it's those emotions whether somebody can handle that or not you know um how do the friends feel about being dropped for a man or for a woman how do the friends feel about that being dropped because they're in a getting because they met someone new how do people feel about that it's a very common pattern one of which i'd like to people to recognize that no matter if you get into a new relationship you should not drop those around you for friends will always be there supposed to be there that's the old saying that Partners will come and go and friends will, will remain there forever. Well, a true friend will be there, but they'll only tolerate certain levels of disrespect. You cannot pick people up and put them down when you feel like it. And when you pick them up, when you're not in a relationship and you're all pally pally and then the minute you get in a new relationship or a new interest, you drop those around you. So, okay, you finding your happiness. What about those that you've just left and dropped? How do you leave them? You leave them with a insecurity factor. You leave them feeling that they're not good enough anymore. But you mostly use them feel, feeling, you, you, sorry. Somewhere along the line, they feel used. It may not always be the case, but it can be seen as, well, I was good enough when you didn't have anybody. Now you've got somebody, you don't want me anymore. So it can be seen like that. So I think if you're leaving anyone Leave with an explanation. Somehow along the line. You don't just drop them. And the worst thing is, is that the new partner is now speaking for that person. And the new partner is delivering messages of one which says they no longer would like to be a part. Am I supposed to take that from that person? Or am I supposed to take it from the person that was on here before they met the new boyfriend. You see, I can see what the signals are. I can see what it is. It doesn't mean the person that they've met is a bad person. Not at all. Not at all. It just means that I don't believe that when you get in relationships, you should change the person that you're with. If anything, you're an added bonus to their life. One of which you should be shared around. You know, look at me, I'm happy. But when you start to self-isolate and cut out the outside world, it is this is my property and that's it. Anything else that they had a past life with can go. I don't want my new property tarnished. It's a big message when you start speaking on behalf of somebody else. It's a big message when you, when, um, when you literally are dropped because of, well, I guess you see, for myself, would you drop somebody? I guess the way I look at it is sex must be good. That's it. So good. You, you're so good to just drop all the people around you. It must be so good. And that's the thing, isn't it? When people get to understand that sometimes our bodies may not always work. Um, some people become impotent. Some people have problems. You know, um, our bodies may not always work, but we do have the friendship. We do have the communication skills. We do have the support around us. But if you're going to drop the support and the friends around because you have intimacy with somebody, none of that makes any sense. None of it does. 
But for those that have lived it or trained to see what this really is, I totally understand it. And I wish I could prevent what I see coming next. But I can't. I wish the person had healed their self first. And totally disassociated with the past before they got into the new. So, you know, there's, there's, it's, for, for myself, being told from the male that this person no longer wants to hang around with me anymore. I'll, I'll put it in that context because it's a smart way of putting it. This person no longer wants to participate anymore. It's, it, it was kind of like, why didn't they tell you? Why didn't they tell the person they didn't want to do that anymore? Why does it have to come from the newcomer? It was kind of like them stealing their voice and talking on behalf of them. Which shows me something. What this shows me is if the person can't come forward and speak and say what they don't want anymore, that means they're not healed they still hide behind fear because a person that knows what they want would say, you know what, I just don't want this anymore. They would never have somebody speak on their behalf. You see? Nobody owes anything, anyone anything. So if somebody wants to walk away from your life, they walk away from your life. That's fine. It's entirely fine. But it does leave emotions up and down, one of which those that are being left behind will muster out um, not to take anything personal and wish the people that made the decision well. What does this mean? You know, for what does this mean? For me, for those around that have just lost somebody, It means, oh well, life goes on. Simple, isn't it? Life goes on. It is the temporary moments that you spend with somebody that matters. And if they were beautiful, treasure those beautiful memories forever. See the good in the people. Try not to see the bad. See the good in all. And um, wish people well. That's all you can do.
For the purpose of this recording, today's date is the 17th of August, 2020, and the time is 12.09 at the moment. Um, you would have heard a comment earlier. Uh, it is the neighbour, uh, the neighbour's boyfriend, who lives a door away, who has shacked up with the neighbour below. Uh, the neighbour below is a uh, female, uh, she's not there, but he's making comments towards my project and his girlfriend. And they're really quite offensive, to be honest, in my own rights. But I think he's looking for... Prov uh, he wants... It, that's, that's provoking. So I'm not going to rise to that. I don't know what's been said whilst I've walked out of the room and left it on record. On the balcony... That's where it is, on the balcony. And he is just below me. That is number 12. I am number... No, sorry, that is number 10. And I am number 12. I shan't put out what the street is. But um, at the moment, we have a cloth that has been removed, which I know it's the girlfriend's favourite cloth. And um, the cloth that has been removed is of a black image and it's been pulled down and put on the floor and chucked out. I don't think she's aware, and as her child is mixed race, but I don't think she's aware. But before we, um, before this cloth was removed, I'll get back to the point where she personally herself used to say that the cloth was being tampered with during the um, COVID and uh, George Floyd movement there was um uh this cloth with with african figurine on it and that was constantly being tampered with so she said that's what she said before she decided to shack up with this man and not well i haven't been seen or spoken to her since she shacked up with him but now she's out and that cloth has been dispersed and it's on the floor. I've taken a photograph from above. We've also, in, during this time, also had a comment about, like I said, the MOM project, which is Mental Health Awareness Suicide Prevention. And um, this person was on um, a part of that on the group, Facebook group. Uh, he has intervened saying that she can't be a part of it any longer. Um, that's her therapy that she's taken away, which is fine. Um, but his reaction is self-isolation, and he's trying to isolate her away from all of her friends. And uh, that's what she's done. We've got all of this in writing, and um, it's just... Just another person to watch, be weary of, kind of remind, he kind of reminds me of my last perpetrator. This one is an alcoholic and the last one was an alcoholic. So I have to be mindful and just document the events as they go. 
So far we get woken up at early hours, half past eight to half nine every morning with loud blinking talking and music and before that was all night music yapping. Said nothing, let them live their life. However, this is gonna get and is getting out of hand. We've already had the police outside the house at one occasion because he brought drama to the door with his ex-girlfriend over the new girlfriend. Whereas the new girlfriend turned around and said to the police that the girl's got mental health. Now she used that as an excuse and not even knowing the girl because she said she was told by this latest boyfriend. Well, as far as I'm concerned, you know, that's just not a nice thing to say when you don't know someone, is it? But all of these behaviours that are going on right now, I put it down to research. And although I'm having to experience uncomfortable factors of what I feel is total disrespect, well, I shall log it and do what I do best and hope that things will calm down and there isn't any animosity. The neighbour was quite fond of us at the beginning, uh, myself and my colleague, and he is not speaking to myself or my colleague any longer. We are of different skin tone, but he is not speaking any longer because he has his new girlfriend, which is our neighbour. Oh, talk about neighbours from hell. So what he's trying to do now, with the comments that were made in the very beginning that you might have picked up on, is provoke myself and provoke my colleague, because we are a part of the Mum project. Now, he mentioned his girlfriend's name, which is Lisa, and she is my neighbour. Now, she used to be a part of the Mum project, and he is, well, somehow wangled her way where he's got her to herself. It's all part of the behaviour. It's all part of what we do and what we recognise. But what we don't need and what we don't want is any criminal behaviour. That will not be acceptable. So what my solution is to mind my business, don't go and rise to those comments and um, carry on and live my life normal. Don't be afraid, don't fear that, and don't retract, don't even confront him. It's not worth it. There's not gonna be a mediation here because um, uh, he's very confrontational. Very gets very upset very quick. Um, you've got to understand who the behaviors. So we're talking about agitation here. So, hmm, well, watch your space. tracks that I just played for you. Uh, first off was Never Too Much, Luther Vandross, then second was Freeze, and the track uh, was called Southern Freeze. Um, next, or the third tune I played for you was Outstanding by the Gap Band, and the last tune you just heard was Joy and Pain by Maze. Um, 
Moving on, uh, the stories just come across the desk um, and I, I often scour the stories um, before I come on to the, the show so I'm prepared but this is a story that um, has just been sent to me and I didn't see this. Uh, I think it happened uh, last week but looking at the story that I've been sent it's got today's date on it so it is current but basically um, a black Metropolitan Police Inspector um, is taking the Met uh, to court after he was stopped uh, and harassed by two white officers on his way home. Clearly they didn't realise he was a serving uh, police inspector. Um, also with the Metropolitan Police, um, he says that he was uh, stopped. All oh, right, here we go. The incident was on the 23rd of May, so, you know, couple of months back but it's only now come to light I guess the Met are now releasing the information um, but he was uh, stopped after a shift on the way home uh, he noticed that the officer approaching the car um, was not using his body cam as he should be um, when he then said that you know I'm recording you that's when the officer then decided to uh, put his body camera on um, they were asking about his driving license, is he insured to uh, drive the car and so on and so forth, which if the, the police car isn't uh, equipped with ANPR, which is automatic number plate um, uh, protection uh, reader, um, if, if the car's not fitted with that, then uh, the officers have to conduct their checks the old fashioned way. And that would be to ring up the insurance company um, you know and also do their own P PNC checks via uh, their police radio um, then they tried to say that he, he drive through um, a red light um, and also that he was being obstructive um, because he was filming the incident when he finally uh, revealed that he uh, also was, was a, a police officer and uh, two pay grades above themselves, i.e., you know, PC sergeant, then inspector, and this uh, man is an inspector. Um, the officers promptly left the scene. He was not arrested, he was not cautioned, he wasn't charged um, with anything. And the officer, uh, the, the inspector, said um, he's not going to sit uh, quietly and let this um, just brush under the carpet. He too also has children and grandchildren and wouldn't want um, the way that he was uh, treated um, to, to happen to anybody else. Um, again, this comes after, uh, you know, Dawn Butler, the black Labour MP, uh, was stopped, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, which I mentioned uh, on the show uh, on the 1st of July, uh, sprinter Bianca Williams, um, received a, a you know apology from the Met in the way that her and her partner were dragged out of the car again you know um the the, the rhetoric is you were driving suspiciously you look suspicious and so on and so forth and and um i don't want to say unfortunately for the Met but just recently it seems that they are picking out high profile people um not realizing uh, who who they are, and it's it's now um, being branded, you know, racial profiling. Um, 
an incident happened here uh, in Suffolk, Ipswich uh, a couple of weeks back, let's say a couple of weeks back, it's probably about eight weeks ago where uh, a young man and woman were stopped outside uh, their parents' house um, and again the rhetoric was, oh you're, you're just jumping on the Black Lives Matter pro protest but basically uh, they were stopped because they were driving a BMW car um, and that was then, you know, the incident was filmed and that also went viral and Suffolk Police had to put out a, um, a, a statement to apologise to the, the couple um, who, who were, you know, sort of house-sitting um, whilst their parents uh, were away. So, you know, without tiring everybody with the same brush, um, there are certain aspects of, of the way that uh, police do their job that uh, are questionable. Um, and as I said, um, you know, that they've uh, picked upon a few high profile uh, people um, unwittingly, I suspect. And um, now it's come back to uh, bite them on the bottom. Um, let's hope that uh, all of these incidents that seem to be ramping up and happening more and more frequently um, stop happening. I'm not saying that uh, people shouldn't be stopped if they are doing wrong, um, but uh, people need to be aware that, uh, you know, situations are being put on them that don't need to be put on them and put in situations that people don't need to be put in. If, you know, the vehicle is driving correctly, there's nothing wrong with it, um, there is no generic police operation locally there is no section 60 uh in place then let people go about their their um their daily business uh and their daily lives the trouble is um speaking from experience uh that the, the government do put uh pressures on police officers um to perform and what they mean by that you know, you and I on the outside would think, oh, perform, what is it we, we, we have to do? Um, and you would expect it's going out there and uh, arresting and, you know, catching criminals and putting them behind bars. That's what you would think um, is what police are being asked to do. But the reality of the situation is, is that police are being asked to leave the station and return with 10 stop and search slips completed. It was like that 10 or so years ago uh, when I was a serving police officer and I believe it to be the same way now. So your task for the day is to go out and to stop people to gather intelligence. But intelligence on what? If you're not uh, in the crime hotspot, if you're just walking down the high street um, you need to get 10 stops to uh, keep your sergeant and your inspector off your back when you get back to the station. Uh, you are just going to randomly pick the first 10 people that you come across. Um, some of them will undoubtedly have a criminal past, but on that particular day you stop them, that doesn't mean that they're a criminal right this second. So it's it's become... Uh, an organisation 
collecting paperwork that that's basically what the the bottom line is so i believe these officers are still under the pressure of we need more stops we need more stop and searches go out there and get them by getting those stop and searches they can then uh show the higher powers to be you know the, the superintendents and the chief constables who then go and sit round the table with you know the government ministers and say look you know last month we stopped 20,000 people um you know in in London on routine stop and searches and out of those 20,000 people we stopped um 100 people were carrying knives and we removed those knives and prosecuted those people that's the way that they seem to be operating and that's the way that they secure their budgets going forward um police numbers are low can't get more police if you don't have the budget to fund and to pay these officers we already know that officers are struggling um you know working triple shifts at the moment with coronavirus and the various different bits of disorder that have happened uh, over the last three or four months during the lockdown so you know, officers are retiring, officers are leaving, officers are going off sick. Um, so it really is a thin blue line. However, it still doesn't excuse uh, the behavior of uh, a minority of, of officers who uh, still uh, possess certain thoughts about other persons other than themselves, in particular persons of color so let's hope that uh, the work that is being done to rectify uh, this situation um, continues so that uh, all persons can have uh, full confidence that if uh, confronted um, by the police for whatever reasons uh, you should be treated um, fairly and humanely uh, and not just uh, picked upon because of the colour of one's skin. So I'm going to leave that one there and uh, give you uh, a couple of updates about things uh, locally. Um, first and foremost, uh, a man in Ipswich uh, back on, uh, let's see, that's uh, four or five days ago now, um, was left with a two-inch gash um, on his hand after he was attacked at two to three o'clock in the morning. Um, this incident happened on Brantford Road. Um, the man lost £750 worth of equipment, um, mobile phone, laptop, and various bits and bobs, camera. I'm not sure if he was coming home or, you know, um, on his way out to work or whatever he was doing, but he was attacked by uh, two men who snatched his rucksack containing these articles. And in the melee, um, he's left with a two-inch gash um, on, on his hand, so um, let's hope that he makes a full recovery. Um, police say if you have any information on this incident or you saw anything, uh, contact them on 101 and uh, please use the reference number 37 uh, slash 47244 slash 20 and that's uh, for 101 to report any information that you have on that situation. Leaving that one there, moving on. Um, a young girl here in Ipswich of 14 uh, was left in a very distressed state after she went to uh, Alexandra Park with a friend 
just to hang out. Uh, on the way home, uh, I believe the friends parted company. One girl went one way and the other girl went the other way. And this 14-year-old girl walking along Back Hamlet was then approached uh, by two men um, in their mid to late 20s. Um, these men tried to uh, coerce this young girl to getting into the car with them um, and I believe a member of the public saw what was going on and shouted the men off and they drove away and the young lady managed to run away and go home and raise the alarm. Um, the men were uh, mixed race and mid to late twenties. Um, one male was described as uh, small uh, in height and stature, um, whereas the other man was described as looking like a bodybuilder. Uh, the pair of them were in a silver or grey convertible. Um, so if you are in the Ipswich area, um, please, uh, you know, especially on your own, pay attention to uh, cars cruising by you, um, cars stopping and then catching up to you. All the classic hallmarks of stalking an individual um, if you know you've got to go through a, an alleyway, um, try to avoid it if you can. It's not always possible, but try to make sure that when you're doing such things, it's in daylight. And again, this incident is in broad daylight. This is not even, um, you know, nighttime where, where it's dark. Um, so again, um, if you have any information on that, um, I don't have an incident number, unfortunately, but again, contact uh, 101 and uh, give over the information if you should have any information uh, regarding that last uh, incident I've just read out to you. Um, also, uh, here in Ipswich, but I believe um, it's across the whole county, uh, two men, Maverick Dyer and uh, Christopher Dyer, I believe, I believe they're brothers, um, were both jailed for six years for conspiring to supply heroin and crack cocaine into the Haverhill area. Um, their arrest comes after a Metropolitan uh, Police operation, obviously that's London, um, on, on county lines. So I guess the Met have uh, had the intelligence uh, on these two individuals and naturally tracking their movements um, all the way up here to uh, Suffolk and Haverhill and as a result of them and I guess Suffolk Police working together, these two young men, amongst others, but these are the names that I have, um, were given six years uh, on Friday uh, for their part in the county lines operation. So that's a um, good result for them, um, get these uh, drugs uh, off of the street and the people who are peddling uh, these drugs, um, it's, it's killing people and people are suffering so um, again you know good work on the police let's hope that uh, you know there is more to come um, you know this uh, really is a conveyor belt uh, of people's lives here um, drugs are coming from all over the country but the people peddling the drugs are, are moving around um, just as sophisticated as, as any police service can get uh, the people uh, doing this are equally as sophisticated so um, let's uh, hope that uh, these individuals um, whoever 
they are, are caught quickly and um, put away for significant periods of time. Uh, just before I go, one more story that came out last week, uh, just after I finished uh, my last show, so I didn't get a chance to mention it to you. But um, going back to London with the Metropolitan Police, they have uh, decided to close the investigation into the death of Stephen Lawrence. Um, for those who don't know, Stephen Lawrence was the black teenager that was murdered uh, by five uh, white racists uh, back in Eltham, South London, back in, two, uh, beg your pardon, 1993, 27 years ago now. Um, subsequent uh, investigations found five individuals uh, not guilty of the crime. Then the law was changed, which meant that they couldn't be tried again because of double jeopardy. Um, which meant you couldn't try a suspect twice for the same uh, crime, but they've reversed that now if the evidence uh, is supported. Uh, since then, uh, two of the individuals of the original five individuals have been uh, convicted and are currently in prison um, for the murder of Stephen Lawrence. Uh, there is a third man who was uh, arrested probably about 18 months ago on drugs charges, uh, very serious drugs charges, um, and he was extradited from Spain or somewhere like that a few months uh, ago, or so about 18 months ago, and he's currently in prison. So I don't know if they are going to try to draw him back into the Lawrence investigation, but as I say, I haven't heard that, and as I say, uh, now they are closing the uh, investigation because uh, there doesn't seem to be any fresh leads. Um, the Met Commissioner has expressed her regret to the family. Um, Stephen's mother, um, who is now uh, Baroness Lawrence, um, after you know campaigning for 27 years for justice for her son, um, has said she uh, understands the Met's decision Although she's not happy about it, she's going to continue um, fighting for uh, justice for Stephen along uh, with uh, Neville Lawrence's father, although they are uh, no longer uh, married. Um, they separated some years ago after the immense stress of uh, losing uh, their son Stephen. So, um, yeah, I thought I would mention that. Uh, stories uh, of great importance, of, especially when dealing with the Met. You will know that the McPherson report that came out at the time as a result of the poor way that the Met handled the situation is where the term institutional racism came from. That was coined by the man who wrote the uh, report, Lord McPherson, um, and ever since then that has stuck. Um, so again, 27 years and uh, here we are still talking about race issues within the Met. So um, let's hope it doesn't take another 27 years for them to rectify uh, the way that they do things. Anyway, with that said, um, I'm going to bring the show uh, to an end uh, today for once on time. And I'm going to uh, play some music to ease you out of the show but ease you into the rest of your day and hope that the weather holds out for you and um, wish you all 
a great day and a prosperous day with whatever it is you're doing. So, with that, check this out. Juicy Fruit. M-Tune. Have a good weekend. See you later.